What is going on, ladies and gents, boys and girls, friends and fans of pain and suffering? We finally made it back with the second episode of the Paincation Live podcast. From now on, these episodes will be released on a more regular schedule. We're trying to get them out to you once a month, and you can be looking forward to that on Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, as always. This episode marks a milestone for us because it's the first episode with our official sponsor, and the official sponsor this week is Pure Anabolics Meal Prep. I've been using Pure Anabolics for about half a year now, and it has completely changed everything, my performance, um, the way I look, the way I feel, and honestly, the best part about it is that I have my weekends back and don't have to meal prep. Pure Anabolics will work around your schedule and your macros and whatever you need. If you're paleo, vegan, vegetarian, um, they will fit your needs. Also, which is great, you don't have to come pick it up anywhere. They will do free delivery all over Orange County. And now for a limited time, only for listeners of this podcast, you'll be able to get 10% off your first order using Paincation 10. Again, it's Paincation 10 if you order online. All right, let's jump into the episode. Um, This week, on this episode, we interviewed Jason Carroll, a.k.a. Baby Cub, a.k.a. the sixth fittest man in California. To be honest with you, this interview went a little different than expected, um, I wanted this to be a open prep episode, kind of see what Jason does on a regular basis in his training and how it changes around the open. However, it, it turned out to be a little different than expected in a very, very good way. I enjoyed this interview. Jason opens up about a lot of things and um, how he got into CrossFit and what made him stay. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed interviewing him and just being around him. So, I hope you guys enjoyed as well. If you do, let us know in the comments and on iTunes in the review section. All right, I'll let you guys go ahead and jump into the episode. Enjoy. I put an 18 cap on it. Oh. Well. Because I told him to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to set this up, I need you to hold like a high C note so we can like calibrate it. What? Can you do that? What's a C note? Like a. Uh, yeah. uh, can you do that? No, yeah. seriously, we need to set it up. Okay. I'm totally fucking with you. We don't need that. Anymore. Oh, uh, I'm like, I'm like this. I don't, re- I don't know how. <laughs> All right. What's my first question, Yannick? Yeah, on this one, man. You already had your chance. Had your chance? Yeah. What do you mean? You take it? Well, he was on it. Oh, on the premiere. On the premiere. Blow tree, sip her on us, boss dog, give it to her right because she like it. She's <laughs> like a sidekick. You good? Okay. Sure. Did you advertise this? Like, am I gonna get three followers out of At least, man. Yeah. Oh, is that what you record it and then release it? Peace. He's hiding. That's so awesome. Come here, bud. Hey. <laughs> like, Dad, I don't want to walk anymore. It's five month I'll do that next time. All right, man. Hey, thanks for doing this. Yeah, this is fun. Appreciate that. I've never done anything like this before, so yeah, should be cool. Perfect timing too with the open coming up and stuff. Yeah, geez. some good stuff to talk about. 
That's uh, fine. I'm afraid of the questions you're going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we'll keep it. We'll keep it nice. We'll talk about the other stuff when the mics are off. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, all right. Well, let's start. We, we usually like to start at the beginning, so let's start like all the way back. When did you, as a kid, mm-hmm. first experience with sports at all that you can remember? Um, from what I can remember is just uh, recreational basketball. I think my dad got me into a uh, into the NJB, which is you know pretty. Um, recognizable league to be in when you're younger, but yeah, I remember yeah going through the whole like clinic um, level as far as that before actually getting into basketball. Um, as that kind of progressed, loved basketball. Was kind of shied away from not being able to play football because my mom didn't want me to. I think the whole safety thing and that I was you know I got all fired up and angry <laughs> during, during sports so you know she was afraid more of the other kids than me I was like all right um yeah so that was kind of the first uh first ath- athletic experience as I think far as basketball going, going forward that was it that was basketball oh going was forward like... no yeah i tried i tried baseball i was okay at it it was one of those sports where again i was good at it but didn't care for it um just because i was bored i wanted to be right. either if i wasn't hitting i wanted to be the pitcher but i couldn't pitch <laughs> so but i'm you know sitting out there playing left field and stuff like that and just waiting for a ball to come to me and it just wasn't too too stimulating um so yeah i was shuffling back and forth between uh, baseball and basketball for a little bit it was until out of like grade school I just stuck with basketball through middle school and high school um, wanted to do things like race motocross and stuff like that because I had friends that lived down the street that Hell did yeah. it and you know we did the BMX thing for a little bit but again just safety and you know my, my mom never let my dad get a, a street bike so she was never going to literally let him give me a dirt bike yeah <laughs> and you know I could say now that definitely glad I didn't go down that road because most of the people that I know either have shattered bones, they don't do it anymore, or they just can't think anymore because they've been hit in the head so many times from from riding bikes. Um, yeah, so played basketball up until high school, played for my varsity team for two years. It was a lot of fun. Uh, met a lot of cool people through that. And then after basketball, that's when I started the whole snowboarding thing. All right. And it was kind of, it was kind of fun being able to – uh, have the schedule to go snowboarding a lot. It, it was one of those sports when, when I was deep into it. It was one of those things I just kept saying, like, damn, I wish I was uh, that 13, 14-year-old kid that had no fear, no job, no, like, bills to pay. Like, hey, if I break an arm, I'm good to go. Like, you know, trying some stuff. But So how, how old were you when you got into snowboarding? Um, so right out of high school. Then okay. It means I'm, like, 17, 18 years mm-hmm. old. Um it was, uh, yeah, it was introduced to me by a couple friends who went, and it was just one of those things that stuck. I worked a part-time job at Big Five Sporting Goods, um, and through that, you were able to go snowboarding at Mount High, which is about 45 minutes away from where I live, um, with a paycheck stub. So I was able to afford it because it was free at night. All right. And, you know, we had the schedule to just keep keep going three or four nights a week, and um as the deal got better, I guess, we were able to use our pay stubs for discounts to get on the mountain on during regular days and maybe have to pay a fee sometimes when it was uh, um, when like it was like the season. holidays. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was still really worth it to go because at the time I was still being – I was a personal trainer and being 18 years old, you get your per- personal training certification. I was able to make good money for the situation I was in, you know, in living at home still and not paying that many bills or anything like that, so – 
got to snowboard a lot. I got good out of it just because I was able to go four to five days a week mm-hmm. at a mountain that was only, you know, 45 minutes up the road. And, you know, you sacrifice a lot of, like, just being young and not sleeping. You wake up in the morning, train a couple clients, go to the go to the mountain for three, four hours, come back and still have the energy to train for another four hours and make the money while still being able to have fun. Yep. So did that for a good two, three years and uh, rode for a couple sponsors and had fun doing, like, video parts and all that kind of stuff with my friends. Oh, so, cool. I had no idea. Yeah. That's that, yeah, that's the, that's the whole snowboarding thing. I, I kind of owe snowboarding – to my whole, not gymnastic approach, but the pro whole proprioception of, you know, my body's doing this without me actually knowing what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, your body is Especially when you're flipping all over on a snowboard on rails and boxes and, and jumps and stuff. It's kind of the same thing on some of the things that happen out there on the on the rig um, and doing CrossFit gymnastics. So it was pretty cool. It's pretty it's pretty cool to be able to be able to do that. But yep, definitely snowboarding has gone down a lot because of CrossFit. Yeah, I was going to ask, how did that then, like, come to an end, the whole snowboarding trip? Um, I mean, getting older. uh, um, So, yeah, the uh, the snowboarding kind of was dwindling off a little bit just because some of the friends that I would go with consistently, you know, they got jobs. um, And, that you know, it was one of those things to where it wasn't necessarily their high priority to them just because I was a little bit better. So, therefore, I was out there writing for a reason, maybe, you know, video part or some free stuff. You know, I was never getting to the point where I was going to get paid for it Mm -hmm. at all. But friends kind of fell off, but I would still um, keep on going with writing with, like, the locals that actually lived on Bear or lived lived in Mountain High or would come over from different countries and stuff like that. Um, and then I got into more of a important, important job rather than just personally training people. You know, I fell into a position uh, called a sport performance director for velocity sports performance, which is probably very, very well known in the CrossFit world because mm-hmm. they're more of the whole sport performance aspect of strength and conditioning, as you, if you will. Um, so yeah, it was just, you know, being in a position to where I went from uh, an intern to a sport performance coach while still doing, um, still doing uh, personal training to an actual position where I'm actually running a facility. Gotcha. So yeah, it was awesome process because that's, that, you know, still in my kinesiology degree, but at a, in a position to where it's like you, you want it, you had to be actually graduated from college and have that degree, but just the way the cards fell, I was pretty lucky. And then I like to think, you know, my ac- application skills of kinesiology program have been really, really good as far as moving into a position that, that quick. Mm-hmm. As far as coaching and then coaching myself and coaching others and all that kind of stuff. So if the whole CrossFit thing wouldn't have happened, like your CrossFit career as it is now, uh-huh. is that the path that you would have went down, like coaching? and? Uh, yes, co- like a strength conditioning coach, yes, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. And it, you know, it was, a, it was still that path until I was offered a job um, – after about two years of being a sport performance director for Velocity, I was offered a job through Hogue Hospital in Newport. So I guess one of the old investors or old uh, owners from Velocity Sports Performance opened up this company after selling Velocity Sports Performance back in like 2009. Um, and it was a concierge doctor, concierge practice in a, in the Newport Hogue and a couple of the people that worked for Velocity were working over there and kind of okay. referred me to go over there. And that's, you know, it was, it was a great job. It was a little more boring because I was, I was dealing with people that were, you know, trying to just more wellness and more mm-hmm. corrective exercising. Like a lot of people thought I was like a, 
uh, what's the word? I can't even think of a physical therapist. But right. I would be the guy you would come and see after you're done with your physical therapy. So if you busted your knee, you went through physical therapy, and A, you weren't strong enough after physical therapy, or B, um, you gained weight because you know, we all know how physical therapy kind of goes. You're just you're focused on that one joint or that mm-hmm. one pain, but everything else could go. I would be the guy that people would refer you um, to keep the whole, I guess, corrective exercising up along with the whole nutrition and okay. um, and the strength and conditioning and everything else. Uh, the cool part about my job was I got to play with equipment that I got was like trained on during college. You know, being guinea pigs is for uh, for uh, lots of studies like VO two maxes and force yep. production and all that kind of stuff. Um, I want to say like seventy five percent of my job at Hogue was dealing with people's yearly physicals. I would be the guy that would put you through an FMS screen that actually used to be sponsored by Reebok, a functional movement screen. Okay. Um, and then VO two max through a belt test or the bruise test, which is on the treadmill. Sometimes I'd get the mess with the the, the masks so oh, that I cool. can see like yeah. people's aerobic and anaerobic levels because I'm over here being a geek. I'm able to read these numbers and be like, yep, you're, now you're burning carbs rather than burning fat. And they're like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm like, I, shut, I'll just keep going. <laughs> um, so, and then, you know, dealing with uh, the machines that kind of tell you the body compositions and stuff like that and trying to figure out everyone's macros and, right, right. and you know, um, calorie intake and output as far as their resting and business metabolic rates and stuff like that. So Gotcha. And where, yeah. where did that come from, that, like, passion to, like, eat one on the one hand side, do, like, be a geek about, like, the whole fitness industry, but um, on the other side, like, coaching other people too, like, giving your knowledge to other people? That's a good question. Um... You know, I've I've never, as far as just like learning it and whatnot, it's always been interesting to me, because um, I did get I remember getting my first personal training job, not even thinking I was going to go into a kinesiology program, because you can get you know you can get any kind of personal training certification once you're 18 years old, mm-hmm. um, but then that's I was in you know uh, JC college when that was happening, and once I got that certification, I was like maybe that's what I want to do. So that's then I started taking the prereqs that year four to get into a kinesiology program at Cal State Fullerton, which was where I graduated from. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just, uh, human performance was, I think, more so, you know, the, the way that just watching the numbers explode. Mm-hmm. And the, the clientele that I dealt with the most at Velocity Sports Performance were very, very young kids. And when I say young, I don't mean like too young, like adolescent. I mean like, you know, teenagers, maybe 13 to 18 or even 13 to 20. And so just watching things that I read in books actually be applied and actually watch it happen, just it blew my mind. Because when you're when you're 12 to 13 years old, growing up and getting around 16, 17, 18 years old, your neuromuscular system is firing like crazy. So it's like we, I bet you, you and me can think about all these people back in high school already back squatting 400 pounds, and we're sitting here like 10 years old. And it's like we're fight for a 400 pound back squat <laughs> on you know during the week. It's just neuromuscular systems adapt so quickly, and learning what the strength curve does and how it tapers off after a certain two weeks and this and that it was really cool to watch with like newer athletes as, as far as the strength conditioning and human performance aspect. All right. And then just different applications of like, you know, what lifts are ap- applicable to the like, different movement patterns of running and jumping and stuff like that. So human performance was a cool 
the a cool way to see like things actually work and benefit and watch someone smile from it. And then it was easier to kind of get into the whole wellness thing. Like, hey, you know, you made someone lose 10 to 15 pounds. They're super happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me, it's, that's a little more boring to me, but it's still a really good benefit because human performance is just cool to watch. Like someone just going from a 30-inch vertical to like a 36-inch vertical. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. But, uh, yeah, I guess the fulfillment of the client's always been uh, been fulfilling to me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a, I – you know, as I train and I hit some kind of PR or some daily PR or I do better than I think it's, if I'm getting that fulfillment, I'm having someone else, someone else is feeling what I'm feeling right now. It's pretty cool to be part of that reason for it. You know? Right. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, just hearing you talk about it, like it really sounds like you found something that you're yeah. like oh, yeah. meant to do. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I started learning pretty quickly a couple of years even last year or something like that to where it's you know might not be too much money into it right yeah. now you know you're kind of just doing this doing this for the love because right. it just it gets to a point to where it's like if the networking isn't there you might not make money off of this people got to like you i guess but that's right as far as it's the education is just cold hard facts um and my belief is it's like strength conditioning has been around for a long time you're not necessarily going to change it yourself it's just the way that you present it mm-hmm. you know and that's yeah. why crossfit's been kind of re- like really really cool as far as how people have presented the the science presented the challenges presented the you know the things that you can just constantly um constantly achieve with the different modal domains and everything like yeah. that and even you know and it's crazy it's like i'll even sit here and say it also it's like you learn all these cold hard facts about strength conditioning energy systems rest times this rest times that as you know different different adaptations of the muscle for hypertrophy speed power anaerobic aerobic conditioning but there are definitely days and we've all seen it it's like it doesn't make sense to someone have PR clean and jerk after going through a nine minute AMRAP of hell with toes to bar debt. You know what I mean? You yeah. remember that first open workout two years ago? It baffled my mind. Even hitting 90% after that. But it's like the human body is a beautiful thing and it will adapt to when it needs to. Exactly. The nervous system will fire. So it's it's crazy to me. It's like how, you know, maybe the different sciences are out there and we don't know about Sometimes it. Sometimes you can't explain it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because that's not supposed to, from what I learned, that is not supposed yeah. to happen. <laughs> and it happens on a daily sometime. I'm like, dude, I just hit four different workouts right now and I'm about to PR my back by like 20 pounds for a triple. I'm like, right. what? Or even if you look but, at the games and the performances that people have on like the last day, yeah, right, when it like comes yeah. down to it, it's like, that's not, that's, they're supposed to be beat by it's, that time. It's nuts. I mean, the yeah. only thing that would ever kind of make sense to my geeky standpoint is just blood lactate levels and how it's like you constantly strength train and power train. And you you raise what's called a blood lactate level. So say your blood okay. lactate level is at like an 80. You're trying to find that 79 and not really necessarily pass it. Because once you pass that blood lactate level, things start going haywire. Because <laughs> right. it doesn't last as long. Yeah. Okay. As far as like energy systems and whatnot. But it's... Yeah, it's crazy to me. It's very that's those studies are very prevalent in marathon runners. Marathon runners were my favorite um, people to read about as far as um, adaptations to strength conditioning in their sport. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's they got it just seemed like they got the most out of hitting heavy back squats and cleans and all that kind of stuff and and then going doing a marathon. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Well, perfect segue. I couldn't have done it any better myself yeah. with you going into CrossFit because yeah. then. 
So we got snowboarding, mm-hmm. then you get into coaching, yeah. get into physical training, uh-huh. and then CrossFit comes in, right? So this is where CrossFit comes in. So you know how I told you the, the where I worked at Velocity Sports Performance and then worked at the Newport Hogan Hospital? Right. So once I was done with Velocity Sports Performance, there was a gym down the street um, where the from Velocity was. Um, and one of, one, of, one of my buddies was running it. And he actually wanted me to be working for him, but it was a con- conflict of interest because he was another. It was another sport performance deal, and mm-hmm. so you know it was one of those things. We kind of went back and forth, and I ended up staying with Velocity because they, they need a better deal and better okay. schedule, all that kind of junk. So once I was done with that, after I want to say that happened like six months and maybe even a year before all that happened. Um, the week that I got the new job at Hogue, I actually wanted to go over there and say hi to him, and you know I haven't seen him in a bit, and I don't know if there was any beef or anything like that, but we, I, you know, I want to just say hi because yeah. I haven't seen the guy in a while. We used to work side, not necessarily for each other, but side by side in the same gym for a while. So the funny thing was, is that week, that's when Reed Worthington, owner of the CrossFit Lumberyard, um, opened up his affiliate. And I had no idea why, you know. Yeah. Um, before all this, I was I was acquainted with Reed. I want to call it more of an acquaintance. Like, I met him through him being trained by the guy I was going to go say hi to. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he was being trained. Um, he ended up – I remember seeing him the day before he left at a place called uh, The Ranch. Uh, yeah, you know, right. that is The Ranch. And the day after that, he was leaving to go play football in Germany. I was like, cool, you know, good for Reed. That's awesome. Glad I ran into him. And then I want, I want to say maybe a year and a half went by because he played, I want to say it was like a total of like maybe 9 to 18 months, somewhere around in, in between there. Right. I didn't, haven't caught the full story from him yet. But when he came back, he started doing CrossFit at the CrossFit gym down the street for Citizen. And, you know, I would just see it through social media that he, wow, he's doing well this this CrossFit thing has like competing and whatnot because I'll be I'll be straight on this podcast right now and tell everybody I was I was just like anybody else in the strength conditioning major not knowing what CrossFit was everyone you know all the only people that I ever seen that would do CrossFit would be you know the smaller guys yeah so all they'd want to talk about is their Cindy Cindy times right. like oh I can do thirty rounds of Cindy I'm like. Okay, that's CrossFit to me because that's the only thing I've ever heard. Air squats, freaking pull-ups, and push-ups. Yeah. And, and if you're not good at them, you're flailing around like a freaking monkey and looking terrible, you know. And strength and conditioning, especially coming from I, – I do pride myself coming from Cal State Fullerton in a – because we got – you know, I was – it's my backyard, but it's crazy how I was surrounded by one of the – like the best professors in, in the nation. Mm-hmm. So I pride myself like, hey – I'm a Cal State Fullerton kinesiology major guy. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like I know more than other people, right? <laughs> but, no, that's how I knew what CrossFit was. And that's when I kind of saw Reed doing CrossFit. I was like, okay, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit more, you know? Because all the people that I've met that were in the kinesiology program doing CrossFit, it's like, yeah, they're over there doing 100 air squats or just body, oh, body squats. weight stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like – Okay, that I, that doesn't interest me, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and then and then you kind of fall into making fun of with, with people. Like I made fun of it. I did, you know. Yeah. I I didn't make fun of it as like a you know they're weaker, they're smaller, or anything like that. I just it just I don't want to sit there and do a hundred air squats only, you yeah, know. Right. Um. So when I went and wanted to say hi to the guy, Reed had his affiliate going on, and I it kind of blew my mind because I had no idea what happened with Citizen and him. Mm-hmm. 
because he did go to regionals his first year, uh, did really well, and that was, you know, that's what I saw. And uh, so when I went down there and said hi, I didn't ask him because there was a falling out between them two. So that was, you know, uh, I'm him and his gym. So that's that's between him and his gym. But that's the reason why the affiliate CrossFit Lumberyard opened up. And um, he opened it up, and I walk in, and I was just gonna literally say hi. Dave and uh, then you know saw Reed I was like okay maybe I should say how to read too and everything like that and Reed just say hey do you have your workout clothes and of course I did because my plan was to say hi go back down the street because um, the job that I left they still you know loving me with open arms like hey yeah you can work out for free anytime you want to blah 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 so I was just gonna go to my old place and work out because hey work out we got we got a one rep max power clean and then we got this workout and I'm looking at it on the board I'm like oh that looks doable you know I'm like power cleans I love power cleans do you remember what it was absolutely I remember absolutely yeah it was uh um again the work you know warm up workout was build up to a one rep max power clean and then the workout was a seven rounds for time of twenty double under and ten jumping air squats with the barbell on your back all right so. And it was kind of one of those things where I, you know, I turned an eye because when Reed's like, hey, can you do double unders? I'm like, yeah, I can do double unders because all we did in basketball <laughs> was double unders, bench press, and terrible cleans <laughs> in a, in, at Esperanza High School. So it's like double unders were cool. So, you know, and I, I was the kid like, I'm going to hit 100 of them. And I'm hitting 100 double unders with these, like, beady ropes. Right, and, yeah, right, the, high the, ropes. Yeah, yeah, the high school ropes. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, double unders. Let's, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um and I don't think I've ever hit anything over 245 on a power clean mm-hmm. because at my velocity gym, like putting red, uh, putting like a red and a blue on, like I knew what the weight was in kilos. I was like, that's definitely enough. Since I wasn't working out for anything, yep. you know, 225 for everything and anything was cool. If 220, like a 225 deadlift, I was good. And then a 225 like jerk, I was good. You know what I mean? Um, well, well-rounded for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, keeping things across the, across the board. But... Yeah, it, I came in there and, you know, of course, Reed being a great coach he was, gave me a couple coaching cues on just setups in the power clean. I instantly just PR off of uh, off of, off of form. I remember hitting a 275-pound power clean, and then I, I killed myself but crushed that workout. It was, I swear I got like four minutes and 38 seconds or something like uh-huh. that. And it was, it, was, it was the top time of the day. Um, and I'm reading like names on the board and I can feel the competitive side coming out of me like, oh, so I'm kind of, I'm, what's this? Are these other people that hit the workout? And he goes, yeah, those are the people that hit it before you. And there will be a couple more classes after you that, that do it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, and then Reed goes, you should come back for the rest of the week. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you could be good at this. I'm like, what do you mean? Like good at this? What is this? It's like, I know you compete. There's like a whole competition standpoint mm-hmm. to it. He goes, yeah, just come back for the rest of the week. So Ever since then, it's just been history from there. Um, and then that exact workout, like, I'll never forget it because I remember the last day of the old lumberyard before we actually moved to the this bigger building. I left that gym doing that workout oh, again. Oh, I remember that. That's yeah. right. You posted oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. like, I'm going to do my very first workout on the last day of the old lumberyard. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll do it sometime again. Cause yeah. It hurts. It's a, cool. I think I PR'd it by like a whole minute or yeah. something like that. Something ridiculous. But that, dude, you do a couple jumping air squats and some double unders, it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, then um, time-wise, like in years, where mm-hmm. are we now? Like when, is, when did you start this? When was this first workout? So I want it a little more than two years ago. 
Okay. A little more than two years ago. I wish I remembered the month. I probably could if I could like backtrack it and maybe look at like events that have happened in the past as far as, um, oh, it had to have been in January. It had to have been somewhere in January, February, or even before then because I got that job. I, inter- I remember interviewing and got that job around January. And then you hit the open that year? Uh-huh. I hit the open that and year. And went to regionals that year? Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. So that was, I want to say, that was I was like 10, 9 or 10, maybe even 11 months in when the open was starting. Okay. Or even in the middle of the open. Somewhere around that. I know it was under a year of CrossFit to go to the regionals. Okay. And so that was, uh, you know, that was, as this CrossFit journey has been, uh, had some downs in the beginning and then lots of ups. Like yeah. I, the path has been great. So it's, you know, um, I actually, after year CrossFit, I actually lost my job at a hope because of, uh, because of the recession and it was a great job with the whole salary and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and, and, um, uh, benefits and yeah, I thought it was going to be a career for at least five, seven years, something like that. I started supporting myself and doing all that growing up stuff, you know? So that was definitely a downer on it. Like I almost was, you know, and had a, had a falling out with, uh, with a girl. Uh, it actually crossed, it actually like separated us and okay. stuff like that. And, but I mean, I don't regret it at all because through cross it, I found the love of my life. Uh, so hopefully be making something happen in, uh, the near future. Hope maybe she, hopefully she's not listening. She's at work, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like through CrossFit, I found her. We have that common common interest of mm-hmm. CrossFit, and ever since then, that's been absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, and then uh, yeah, as far as uh, as far as like the the competition standpoint of going to regionals, I it never was even a uh, a thought, you know. Uh, three months into CrossFit, I did do an NLI and I did get first place, and right. it was it was a lot of fun because they, you know, Reed and Blake would actually tell me like, "Hey, these are the people that you beat, and these guys are good. Like, you know, you did really well. Like, cool, you know." Uh-huh. Um, just kept training, kept training, and I think Reed did kind of say like, "Hey, you know, you probably could make regionals this year, do that whole thing, right?" And then, and then they broke the news out saying they're going from top not the top 48 anymore per region. They're going now the full super California region mm-hmm. with top 20 from SoCal, top 20 from NorCal, combine it, top 40, and then top five from there go. I'm yeah. like, there's no way in hell. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, all right, just I'm just going to keep doing CrossFit maybe uh, maybe sometime next year. And it's it just one of those things. I just kept working out, kept getting stronger, kept the motor kept uh, kept getting a little bit better. And then, before you know it, man, uh, open came up and it just, I was peaking at the right time. You know, mm-hmm. I had a, just enough strengths to make it into the regionals level. So I'll never, you know, I was, I was flying on a high horse on, uh, uh, f- the very first workout, which was what? 15.1. That was the nine minute AMRAP with the clean and jerk. With the clean and jerk at the end, yeah. Right? I mean, I think I want to say at the time my clean and jerk was only like three Oh five. Um, my cl- and I hit like two ninety seven on the clean and jerk for it. Um, and on that workout, the nine minute AMRAP, I found that's when I kind of found out I was good at something like toes to bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was worried about the snatches because I was a terrible snatcher to begin with. But since the snatches weren't that 
prevalent in the workout. There's only five of them. I mean, if you do it smart, you're doing just five quick singles, get that thing over your head, get back on the toes to bar kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah, I, I ended up going um, sixth place in the world on the nine-minute AMRAP part and first place in the region on the nine-minute AMRAP part. And I say that because my scores, when they combined it, I think put me at like 26th okay. because of the clean and jerk. And right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. as far as that workout separate, like on that motor workout part, yeah, I was just like, what? Cool. You know what I mean? So I remember like watching Froning doing the whole <laughs> announcement. And I'm doing reps like during I, – I, I hope it doesn't sound like I got like big-headed or something like that. But I remember hitting like the reps like, oh, man, I'm passing Froning score right now. <laughs> like what is going on? So you can imagine this like kid doing CrossFit going on his high horse for a uh, – uh, a week and then getting into 16.2 and just getting annihilated. <laughs> 16.2. You had oh, I thought bag. I was good. Well, yeah. and then I thought I was. The funny thing was, like, I'm going into 16.1. I'm looking at the movements. I'm like, I'm all right at these movements. I'm going into 16.2, going, I'm great at these movements. But the style of the workout. What was 16.2? 16.2 was or a re- 15, 15.2. I'm right? sorry, 15.2 yeah. was a redo. Of, I believe, 14.2 or uh-huh. 13.2 is the every two or three minute uh, three minute blocks of overhead squat chest bar. Oh, okay. Oh, God. I was terrible. <laughs> I was absolutely terrible. Oh, man. I remember fighting and fighting and fighting. And I was just like, this, I'm not good at these two movements put together. It's like, this couplet is terrible. And that's like, again, on a geeky standpoint, that's when I started realizing it's not – you being good at one movement, it's it's also being good, where is your capacity coming off that movement? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people like to train putting a really good movement with a really crappy movement. At, and that's a, I think that's a great way to train as far as intense couplets like that. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell everybody, I'm kipping muscle-ups are not in my wheelhouse. So I'll put that with like a, you put that with a wall ball, I'm good at wall balls, mm-hmm. but... Terrible at the kipping muscle up, so I, you know. Yeah, so keep the heart rate up. Exactly, got to find that common ground of you know, trying to mentally get through and just get better at those under fatigue. But yeah. So I mean, coming into CrossFit, doing CrossFit for less than a year, Mm -hmm. qualifying for regionals, Mm -hmm. that's like almost uncalled for, right? (laughs) So it's like that's what they're saying. Yeah. So like, I've heard about you when coming here, and it's like that's insane like that can't be right like he must have been doing something before that so like starting crossfit right uh-huh. so you're like you're working out with reed yeah at the love yard how long how far into crossfit were you when you were like hey i'm i'm good at this like it just feels like something that i could do it it wasn't until the actual i want to say it wasn't until the actual like first week of the open you know because i yeah i did that nli comp and it was a lot of fun um but it's like you know there's no no names that you're normally Mm-hmm. Like we're with like I was the bigger names that I was with were people that were on like games teams which is really really cool because those guys are really really good but it's like at an individual aspect and you don't know the nature of the workouts of how they fall I could have just been lucky you know and that's and that's where I think I kept some of my modesty as far as like hey yeah it's and learning like not even like not even like watching those interviews of like the big names across of saying hey you never know like it's just the the luck of the draw on some of the workouts and whatnot like i just learned i found out myself i was learning just like hey yeah if the workout's in your favor you go for it like you know but if it's not it could be very very detrimental so you got to just again like i say be good at everything um but it, it literally wasn't until that first that first open workout i was like you know what i'm i think i'm getting good at this you know i'm i'm 
I'm actually being like numbers are being comparable to some of the guys that I've actually seen in the mainstream of CrossFit when you you know you look them up on YouTube or something like right. that. So, but I kept you know because I'm training with a guy like Reed's kicking my ass every day, especially when it comes to like a barbell shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, it wasn't it when I started believing a little bit when in that first open workout. Okay. Definitely. All right, then let's fast forward last year regionals. Okay. I'm sure you love talking about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's a fun time and a you know learning time yeah. all, all at the same time. So give the listener a little like scoop. Basically, what happened was um, we were doing great, hanging on throughout the entire weekend, right? Kind of mm-hmm. were like in a spot to attack come last day, um, and then I remember the last workout came around. It yeah. was three, two, one of rope climbs and twenty-one fifty-nine of Thrusters, uh, thrusters, is that yeah. right? Yeah, the full first, the thruster, then the rope climb thrust. Yeah. Yeah. And you were in the last heat, right? Is that correct? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I remember watching you from the stands, and you take the workout. You win yeah. your heat. You beat names like Josh Bridges, <laughs> Dan Bailey, everybody. You crush them into – and I remember sitting in the bleachers – looking at everybody else and you were in seventh at that point or yeah you were in seventh at that point and all of us were looking around trying to do the math in our head <laughs> trying to see like who who, who jumped who like who kind of did bad yeah. and who kind of like worked their way up and we're trying to figure it out yeah if you make it or not and then i'll let you take it from here well i didn't make it so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the math didn't work out in my favor uh yeah so uh the whole thing through regionals um so I did want to backtrack a little bit on what you said as far as like me having to go in on Sunday and you know mm-hmm. do my thing on Sunday. Yeah, of course, as far as like you, you wake up on a Sunday morning after all what you've done already on Saturday and Friday and you're like, yeah, I have to crush the day to even you know make this happen. Um, I, I forget I think I was talking with my girlfriend about this the other day, but I remember um, going through that very first workout on the Sunday and trying to thought I actually had it. I thought I actually had, like, a, I thought I'd moved up a place mm-hmm. and had a position to go be that bubble boy and, you know, sneak into the top five going into the rope climb workout. Um, but before I go into that, like, if you're looking at statistics uh, throughout the whole weekend as a whole, it was obviously the very first workout that, as far as points, um, cost me. Mm-hmm. Not a, a, you know, weightlifting guy. The, the, I wouldn't consider myself a heavy barbell guy. Um, but... You know, this is a good opportunity to let everyone know I did really good for myself on that snatch ladder. You know, in practice, I would be able to hit, get through the 225s and not and not even touch the 245s at mm-hmm. all. You know, because the last two weights were 245 and 265. Right. At the time, my one rep was 250. Mm-hmm. So you can already imagine, you do the math from 225 to 250, that's 90%. Um, and the fact that I could hit that at a within a two minute window mm-hmm. and all six reps Fatigued. before yeah yeah before i had to go into 245 i was like that's that's got to be good you know what i mean that's great for me because yeah. again fatigue uh intensity and the timing and the percentage that's just another instance right there is like how does this happen you Why know what I mean? yeah. how am i hitting 90 percent six times in a row within a two minute window before i move on you know and after that's after doing 10 snatches at 185 and eight snatches at 205 crazy again Human body, doesn't beautiful thing. Yeah, yep. doesn't make sense, but very adaptable. But anyway, it, I actually hit one snatch at 245 in regionals. So I PR'd that workout at regionals from practicing it mm-hmm. twice. 
I walked away happy. I, you know, there's no reason why I could ever sit there and be like, that's the workout that I could, you know. Um, and then we got into the second workout. I was doing great. Um, had a had a good good guy on the on. I remember left of me up, pushing me pretty well, and he was a good guy to pace off of. But I should again. That was a workout that you know, if I'm going to look back at just that workout, should have played my game. There was a couple technical in- issues on the uh, the strict muscle up. Um, there's, you know, I would jump on the rings to where I'm almost doing like a pull up and then having to go back down and mm-hmm. then go into it. So it was wasting energy, but that workout I actually did, uh, three or four reps worse in regionals than I did because I was picking up the pace a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way the cards fell on. I still did well in that workout considering, you know, with the new whole thing of strict muscle ups, again, strict muscle ups are more of a wheelhouse than a kipping muscle up everybody. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep muscles are terrible for me, um, but yeah, that was, that workout still went well, but not as well as it did in in practice. So, but it was good. I got I think I finished like nineteen rounds, and I just I actually was failing strict muscle ups to get that one rep into the twenty, and it just wasn't working out. But I mean, that could have been another another game changer for the that one one or two reps. Um, can't complain about the second day because second day was fun, uh, somewhat of a wheelhouse. Um, with the pull-ups and the wall balls. Mm-hmm. When I'm broken on the wall balls, wall mm-hmm. balls are always always good for me. Again, it's just an unconsequential movement that you can just go to the pain cave on and keep going. Uh, pull-ups kind of I was disappointed on because I had a mental error. It was one of those things where I thought it was 54 pull-ups. Okay. It was only 52 um, because I had the fours in my mind because it was 104 wall ball. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming off the pull-up bar thinking, I'm like, I can't hold on for six more pull-ups. I need to come off. The pull-up bar. Um, but I only had four, four more, more pull-ups. And in my mind, I was like, I could have held on for four more pull-ups, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because my judge is looking. she She's holding up four, looks at her fingers, and just points them back at me. Like, <laughs> dude, you need to get back on the bar. And yeah, I'm, got, I'm like, oh, man. I bust out the four. I'm running down the line. I got second in my heat on it, but I had Nuno Costa going, going up the other way because he held on and stayed unbroken. I was just like, ah. Man, but it's like I was still smiling. I had a great time. I was probably dancing around because I felt like I still did really, really well in that mm-hmm. workout. Um, and then it was right into the pistol power clean workout where I really, really, really excelled on. Um, I knew I was kind of re- pretty good at pistols as far as flowing through. Uh, had some issues with the barbell in the beginning. I should have went with the plan right away in the beginning, but I executed the plan more so on the back half of the workout. Gotcha. Um, and it kept it pretty solid. But in the heat I was in, since you know it looked like I was like ahead of everybody and stuff like that, I was just yeah, getting yeah, that yeah. hype, getting that energy, and had a lot of fun. Um, and then it ended up with a, a good wheelhouse of the heavy deadlifts. Like if there's any one lift I can hang with the elite big dogs on a one RM, it will be the deadlift. Mm-hmm. And so deadlift percentages and um, endurance kind of falls into that category too because I can lift the heavier amount multiple times. So that 405 deadlift was not a problem. Um, uh, that workout, I, I don't want to say I could, I could have improved um, anything like technical as far as the actual exercise the one things i could have done was the mental aspect of that workout i needed to th- i needed to go into that workout thinking that i had josh bridges on my right you know what i mean yeah i had to be very very alert and there was a i think parts in the second and third um rounds where i wasn't alert and i was just enjoying myself a little too much you know mm-hmm. um 
And then it's just like any sport, looking at game film. I, you know, looking at the game film, I'm like, I don't know why I went to the chalk bucket. I didn't need chalk. I had grips on my hands to hold the deadlift, and that wasn't a problem. Um, I had enough energy to be able to jog to my places, which would have cut off seconds at the end of the time. You right. know, like get off the true form, jog to your uh, – GHD get off the GHD and actually jog over to the deadlift bar would have made up a lot of time because the separation was pretty substantial mm-hmm. so just little things like that um, and then came to that that last day on Sunday right. um, I knew what was gonna make or break me was uh, those overhead squats um, needed to hit that first set unbroken um, of 10 because I knew once I got on the rower and of course, the small guy stuff, the burpees. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna catch some people, or at least hang. You know. Okay. Um, because the handstand walk, I was like, these guys are gonna go unbroken on it. I already wanted to plan on going fifty-fifty on it because I just know how it's gonna feel on the overhead squats. Because two twenty-five was a massive weight for me in the overhead squat, and that was a huge weakness the year before. Um, but uh, yeah, I went. I ended up getting smoked on the bike. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not as fast on these airdyne bikes or these aerosol bikes that I thought I was. So <laughs> these guys are already running down the line. I'm like trying to catch up with them. Sure enough, I get down there. I'm like, I got to go. I got to try to go unbroken on this uh, handstand walk. I ended up going 80-20. It wasn't too bad. Didn't, you know, I caught up a little bit. Um, got the overhead squats and I was like, here we go. You know, popped it over my head. I wish I could say I snatched it, but you know, <laughs> popped it over my head, set up in position and it just, the position was off in the hips. Uh, every, every, uh, I performed the first overhead squat and would, you know, creep up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Second overhead squat creep, creep up a little bit more. And before you know it, after the fifth one, I was at the box. You step out of the box, you're not, your reps are not counted. And I knew it was going to be way too taxing to step back into the box with 225 over my head. My right. shoulders already shaking, dropped the bar, waited, just calmed myself down, got it over my head and started doing my five. Got on the rower, rode like a uh, minute 55 pace just to get ready for these burpee box jump overs because that's where I was going to, you know, catch as many people as I could. I, I, I remember two people that I caught. I know Brian Miller was on my right, and he was doing really well. And then I ended up actually catching Dan Bailey on the uh, on the last of the overhead squats, which is prime because I got past the small box, the big box. I got through my five overhead squats with the 225, and I think he failed like the fourth or fifth one, and I watched it. As I'm passing the line, and I swear I felt bad. <laughs> Again, if anybody's listening to this, I remember turning, looking to my left, and already going yes. And I swear he looked at the wrong time because it looked like I just looked at him and was like yes, screw you, man. But I was really just like, I'm really happy. I'm really sorry you saw that kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> but I passed the finish line, and that's when I actually thought, like, as soon as I passed the finish line, I thought I put myself in the position of you know, getting to the games. But I guess it just, the way it worked out, I'm sure there were people in the heats before that that were a little faster because they could move that weight faster and then mm-hmm. had just enough motor to keep up. Um, because I know Dan was in front of me and a guy named Hank Lopez was in front of me. And they, I know I passed them up on the workout and I thought, you know, those may be the two guys that I needed to take away some points from as far as looking at that part. And got out of the workout and I just felt the vibe of like, nope. It's not gonna happen because you know if you're if you're in that position and there's yeah. people that know it, you know you're gonna receive a couple texts from like a coach or two or something like that or someone's gonna run up to you and be like dude you can do this kind of thing and it's like I didn't get any of that you know yeah and because it, it just it was one of those things where it had to been had to have been too perfect for me to you know crack that top five, um, so uh, yeah it was just kind of had that 
little lull, like, you know, it's not going to happen, but you know, if things were perfect, it could happen, but don't kind of count on it. And again, my second year regionals, it didn't like crush me to, to say anything just because, you know, I, I went in there like, okay, I, I got, I'm fitter. I'm definitely fitter. I've, I can compete with these guys now, you know, I, it's, it's like this year's mentality was, okay, now let's not think of like what you can do the same with these guys. What can you do better than these guys now? And, and try to pass, pass the bar, you know, or pass your own bar from at least last year. Um, but it, it didn't like devastate me going into the, going into that third one or that last workout. But I did, I did get a call from, uh, Doug Chapman, my coach for programming hyperfit. Mm-hmm. And he was really proud of me. You know, he goes, I think I even kind of surpassed his expectations going into regionals and stuff like that and training with, uh, with under his program. And he gave me a call and said, Hey, you know what? On this last workout, you just got to leave doubt in your back pocket for the last, last, uh, for a little bit under three minutes. And I remember crying a little bit. I'm just like, shit, dude, you know, I really wanted it. But it. I just remember the three, two, one, and I just, guns blazed, man. I sprinted my ass out to that bar. I've never done probably the fastest thrusts I've ever done in my life. Uh-huh. I remember watching the video on the very first rope climb because it's not on me, but you can see me. I remember running so fast where I jumped up to grab the rope and I swung because I was still going <laughs> out, the, out the other way, but climbed up the rope, you know, just, I blacked out and just went for it. And I'm hoping everyone could see how I kind of blacked out because when I ran down that line and I realized there was no one with me, I was so surprised, you know, it's like, I didn't hear anything. Uh-huh. You just don't, everything is so silent. It's it's so cliche to have like a sports moment like that because you hear about it from all these professionals, but that shit really happens, man. And I've never had anything like that. And that, and that moment finally came for a little bit. It was really, really cool to be able to be in your own little world for those, that, that split second, something, something pretty surreal. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, when I crossed the finish line, I thought, I thought that was the perfect ending. Like mm-hmm. I just got first place on this workout. I could do it, but just the way the cards fell for the other competitors, as far exactly. as their points and whatnot, that's just what it was, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just waiting for it, waiting for it. And eh, didn't hear the name. I was like, all right, here we go. You yeah. know? Uh, but of course, like any competitor would, it's like you're the bubble guy. You're the sixth place guy for a whole year. Uh, I'd cry a little bit, go have a few beers after that. <laughs> and then I saw you but, on Instagram like two days later with Reed back in the gym already. Yeah, I was, eating I, Skittles. Yeah, just eating Skittles. I remember two, one or two days. Yeah, I was back in the gym on like a Tuesday. And I remember, yeah. I, I don't even think That's I went incredible. off the program, man. I just, I remember doing a the workout. The, it's funny how I remember that workout that I did after that because it was just a good thinking thinking man's workout of like the good and the I don't want to say the bad but like the good and the things you can improve on over the weekend it was a uh, I went 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 of 315 back squat and um, a 500 meter row in between each set all right so that was easily you know five five k row uh, with a lot of crap ton of back squats yeah. at 315 and Good little thinking man's uh, thinking man's game while you're sitting on the road and cruising, getting ready for some back squats. Of course, that wrecked me for a couple of days after that. I was like, maybe I should now I should rest, kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, so well, thanks, man. Thanks for like. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. Scoop. That's fun. That yeah. was awesome. That's so. a good little behind the scenes. Um, so then let's talk this year, right? Okay. Do you 
where's your mind at? Like, are you focused solely on the open? Are you focused on regionals already? Are you focused on the games? Like, where where are you, like, mindset-wise? So How far are you thinking Mindset-wise and simplicity, I'm definitely training for regionals. Okay. Okay, because... I mean, it's. I heard it. I did heard it a couple weeks ago. I do, I don't know what coach it was from. I think I saw it on social media. You know, mm-hmm. we all follow different kind of coaches and stuff like that. But uh, it was one of those things. Like, hey, if you're trying to make regionals, you're training for the open. If you're trying to make the games, you're training to get past regionals. Mm-hmm. You know, and these and these guys have been to the games multiple times. They're training to win the win games, games. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure. Yeah, hell, if Dave Castro ever does listen to this, I'm sure he hates to hear it. But it's like. <laughs> Dude, if I make the games, like that was that was the goal. Now I'm here to survive the games and mm-hmm. really feel it out. Because again, the game the game has changed so much in CrossFit that yeah, you can't walk in. Well, I mean, I guess Brent Fakowski uh, yeah messes that mold up. But I was you know maybe for an athlete like me, I can't just walk into the games and expect to mm-hmm. be a top ten guy or even a top five guy in podium. You know maybe the workouts will all be perfect. I don't know, but it's it's. More about getting experience. It's more about getting the experience yeah. of the games. Like that's a whole different capacity right there. You're busting out how many events each day. Your ability to breathe and recover in between the events is huge. And that was a big thing that I got through this hyperfit program of being able to breathe and recover in between regional events. Because I'm used to freaking all the volume in the world during the day. But it's like you go to regionals like, I only have to do two workouts? This is great, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh yeah, that's that. The mindset is, you know, I want because everyone's saying you're, dude, you're gonna skate through the open. You can just kind of chill and blah blah blah. This blah blah that. But one, we all know as CrossFitters, everybody, you don't, you do, you do not not go hard, right? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? You 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 give it your all. You yeah, know, totally. every time it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your your goal is as far as like, okay, I can cruise the open and still be. Go to regionals and then I can try hard. You know, you don't do that. It's like you, you got to. And my whole goal is I need to be in that big heat. I want to crush the open as best as I can. Hopefully, getting a top uh, top position to start regionals mm-hmm. in that big heat with the big. Dogs. You know what I mean? So I mean, who knows? The regionals. I mean, All right. the open could be terrible to where it's like I might be a bubble guy, but you know. And then I want to been training to get past regionals and then whatever the games has for me would be a great experience you know it's like in the program i do do games like movements that you're not going to find in regionals Mm -hmm. and and the open you know still want to be be ready for it and stuff like that um and then have know a couple games competitors that can definitely give you the mental aspect and the process and all that kind of fun stuff but yeah the mindset is really 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 go strong into the into the open, um, showing what I'm made of, show myself what I'm made of, and see what the uh, results of this year's training has has done. Like what will what will happen? Because yep. you know the geeky side of me likes to pop in and be like, "Look, numbers are numbers are flying." You yep. know, I, I feel like I have gotten better in a lot of aspects, and we'll see. Sometimes I do feel like training the whole year does feel like a gamble, and just like Castro will explain it, or even Greg Glassman will explain it. These these open workouts and regional workouts and games workouts are tests. Mm-hmm. Continue. But yeah, so like you know things that Castro and Greg Glassman will say is like you know the open workouts, the regionals, and the games are a test test of fitness. And have you been studying all year? You know, 
just my my thing is like, man, it's like almost a gamble because you're te- you you're not getting the study guide. Yeah. You know, your study guide will come out maybe like that that week before, or you know, the open the day of because some people do those open workouts right away like the study and for a study guide for capacity and fitness testing you know you're not going to get any better (laughs) you've prepared for as much as you can up until that point and that's the part that's always scary because that's just level playing field for everybody you know i can definitely tell you i've gotten better in a lot of things maybe even everything um, and every modal domain but depending on the capacities and those, the combos that those guys think of because they always think of something new that we necessarily haven't thought of. Um, like dumbbells. Yeah, like dumbbells. You know, <laughs> I'm actually excited for those, by the way, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, being a bodybuilder back in the – well, not a competitive bodybuilder, but working out in a hypertrophy bodybuilding style. All we did was dumbbells, dumbbells. man. Yeah, <laughs> dumbbells were good. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's that's the scary part. It's the gamble of – what are the workouts going to be and are they going to suit you or they're that detrimental to your capacity to where it's not, you know? Yeah. You just never know. Absolutely. That's the fun of it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we wish you the best of luck with everything. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be following along. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, where can people find you on social media stuff like that? Um, yeah, you can find me on social media at Jason Carroll 89 and that's two R's and two L's in the last name for Carol. It's the Irish way to spell it. Uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Just uh, hopefully you guys see my name, you know? Definitely. We'll be looking for you on the leaderboard. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, thanks, brother. <laughs> for sure. All right, and that will wrap it up from us this week. Um, I hope you guys liked the episode and enjoyed it as much as I did interviewing Jason. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. Like I said, it will be on Instagram. We'll announce it, and you'll be able to listen to it on our website, paincation.net. On iTunes, just Google or search for Paincation, and also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Uh, if you can and if you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to leave us a review or a like rating on any of those pages. It will really be greatly appreciated. All right, that will be it from us, and I will let you guys get back to enjoying pain and suffering. Have a great week.